it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Introducing the Business Beauty Network Virtual Summit, the virtual experience for beauty pros, sponsored by QT Business Solutions. October the 25th through the 27th, we have 10 speakers, two panels, three nights. This is going to be a phenomenal event. On the first night, we're going to learn how to start, grow, and fund our beauty businesses. We also have a beauty boss panel. And on the second night, we're going to learn product development, learn what it takes to start your own beauty brand. And we also have a product development panel. And on the third night, we're going to learn how to attract celebrity clients. We have a total of nine workshops, 10 speakers, two panels, and three nights. This event is going to be phenomenal. We're going to do several raffle prizes and giveaways. We have a VIP swag bags, a few live demonstrations, and so much more. You can get your tickets at bbnvs2020.eventbrite.com. I hope to see you there. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am super excited to share today's episode per the huge. I had the pleasure in interviewing Brittany Ogike. She is the founder and CEO of Beauty Bees. We had an awesome conversation learning more about Brittany's business, Beauty Bees, which is a beauty supply for us by us. And I think you're really just going to enjoy her story. Here's a little bit of her bio. Brittany Ogike is the founder and CEO of Beauty Bees the premier beauty supply retailer for women of color, championing inclusive beauty by building a community that celebrates the vastness of multicultural beauty. For decades, the beauty supply store was traditionally commandeered by those outside of the black community and were oftentimes accused of being discriminatory. However, it was the only space black women could shop for their unique beauty needs. Deemed as a modern space where women of color can shop, explore, and play in a world full of beauty, Beauty Bees revolutionized the beauty retailer space with their launch in 2019. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview, and here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor, and we have an awesome guest today, Brittany Ogike. Welcome, Brittany. Hi, Brandi. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being on. I'm super excited to speak with you today and have you on a podcast. Um, Brittany, I'd like to start off with a fun fact. So tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Uh, I, I feel like I'm so basic. I don't even know if there's a fun, I don't know if there's a fun fact, maybe like interesting. I, um, people don't know that I'm a licensed insurance agent. I've never really practiced insurance, but um, one of the, uh, just an opportunity came where I ha- can write a policy for a client of mine. Um, my background's in sports. And so, um, and so, yeah, I just took a, I took a month long, no, a week long class, studied for like another week and then took an exam to be a licensed life and health insurance agent. So um, yeah, really different from a beauty entrepreneur, I guess. So I guess it'd be a fun fact of mine. 
Yeah, that's definitely different and interesting. And sometimes it's like that, like we all try different things and get different certifications and never know, you know, what we'll use them for. So that's definitely an interesting one. Yeah, I would have never thought I'd be selling insurance, but I did one time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, so thanks for sharing. So tell us your beauty story. Like, how did you get started with your business? Yeah, so it's kind of a long story. Um, I don't have a background in beauty. I'm more of a consumer, a product junkie is what I like to call myself. Um, But I've always been passionate about um, hair and beauty in general. But my background primarily is in sports. I um, have a sports management company um, and I work with uh, professional athletes, specifically NBA players and kind of manage like their day to day. Um, I went to school for sports management back at the University of South Carolina And um, then I moved to Dallas for a few years and then moved to L.A. and just kind of hustled my way through the city. I had every job imaginable. And then um, I started working in sports. And then I had a a family. I got married, had two small kids. And one thing about working in the sports industry is that you're always gone. You're always traveling um, to clients, games, meetings things like that. Um, And it just got tiring with two small kids. And so I was looking for something that kept me more stable, something that kept me and my family home more. And um, I didn't really know what that was. I still didn't know it was going to be a beauty supply, but I knew I wanted to um, have a business that solved some type of solution that I was facing. And um, just because I felt like if I was doing something I was passionate about, I had a business I was passionate about, I would give it my all and I know it could be successful. So, um, so yeah. And what ha- started happening was I just started reexamining my life and like what was bringing me joy, what I was, um, you know, having difficulties with and what I was, you know, not happy about. And it all centered around my beauty experience as the going to the beauty supply. Um, so oftentimes when women of color are shopping for their beauty needs, we have to go to several different stores. There's no one-stop shop for us. We can go right. to the, the prestige beauty retailers like the Ulta's and the Sephora's to like play around in makeup and get, you know, lipstick and things like that. Um, we can go to the big box retailers for some hair care. Like Target has a good multicultural hair care aisle, um, not even an aisle, a shelf, really, a few shelves. <laughs> but we can't really get everything, right? You know, so right. there's no, you can't get edge control at, at Target or Walmart. You can't get braiding hair at Target or Walmart. So you are forced to go to the beauty supply. And every black girl knows this. You, there's a beauty supply in every neighborhood. Um, they're all the same. And there's no intention to the space. There's no customer service. They lack empathy, all that. So, I mean, I had a few... Um, experiences as I was going through this like self-discovery phase of like what I wanted to do and they were all at the beauty supply I was taking my daughter to get um, some barrettes and bows for her hair Um, didn't like my experience I was taking my grandma to go search for a wig didn't like the experience Um, like I said there's no customer service there's no empathy you're really there spending for yourself and I felt like that was an issue and as I was talking to my girlfriends, my black girlfriends, you know, we realized we had the same type of issues, the same type of difficulties when we're shopping for our beauty needs. Uh, even like I'm in LA, a, a huge city, and there's not that many black nail techs. So, you know, it's really right. hard to find. And so um, I noticed that we were all having the same problem and we were all becoming more conscious 
of where we were spending our dollars and how we were spending our dollars. For me specifically, I tried to avoid the beauty supply at all costs because I just, I didn't like it. I, why do I want to go somewhere where my dollar is not appreciated, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, and I realized I wasn't the only one having these internal conflicts with my, with my beauty. So that's kind of how, uh, beauty bees, uh, came to, came to be. I, thought to myself, you know, if this is a problem that not only I'm facing, but, you know, a a lot of people in our community are facing, how can we fix it? So I wanted Beauty Bees to be the one-stop shop for women of color, specifically Black women, Black women with textured hair. And I wanted to bring the experience that we get at a Sephora, at an Ulta, or another prestige beauty retailer and combine that with the essentials of a beauty supply, because we need those products in a beauty supply for our hair care needs. And I wanted to create a one-stop shop where we can feel understood, empowered, seen, um, and and feel respected when we're shopping for our hair care and beauty. So that's kind of how Beauty Bees was developed. And it took me about a year in like just researching, talking to different people, um, figuring out the ins and out of the industry um, until uh, we officially launched in August of 2019. Awesome. I love, Brittany, the way you said, like, you did some soul searching. Like, you knew that, you know, working in the sports industry with a small, young family was getting to be a bit much. And you was like, okay, so now I want to do something differently. And instead of just jumping into what's popular, you started really trying to figure out what was going to work for you. And it was like this problem kept popping up, like, you know, and I've been there where it's like you kept having these bad experiences at beauty supplies. And it's like, dig, dig, dig. This is something that is beneficial. I love beauty. and Why not do that? I think, you know, more people should look at it that way. Like when you're trying to decide on a business, make sure it not only solves a problem, but it's something that you're you're connected to and you can relate to. As something that you um, that feels fulfills the need as well, uh, so I absolutely think that that is um, you know awesome that you having you know those issues just taking your daughter into a beauty supply maybe having a bad experience you know just and talking to a friend and saying that like yeah we we all have been tolerating this because we had no choice there's yeah, nowhere there's else no to options. go I've, no there's and 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 that's the issue and it's been like that for years for decades you know mm-hmm. even when I, i'm you know in my 30s and even when i was a child you know that, that was the only place we went i'm I come back home often and I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. And the one thing that remains is that same beauty supply we went to as a kid 20 years ago. So um, there's been no change in the industry. And, um, and yeah, I just, it's something I felt passionate about. And when you find a, a, a problem that you want to solve, you become obsessed with it. And I think that drives the success in, in your business. Yeah, definitely. I can see that for sure. So what has this journey been like? So you opened it up in 2019. So I know you had to do a lot of research and everything. So what has the journey um, been like starting your beauty supply? Yeah, so it's been a it's been a long journey. But when you look back, it kind of happened really quickly. Like I said, I just became obsessed with it and started working on it every day, talking to everybody, doing as much research as I can about the industry as a whole, who are the major players. Um, You know, market research is very important. There's 
tons of resources out there. Google was my best friend. I was Googling everything. I even Googled how to do a business plan. So I wrote a business plan. That was actually my very first step, doing my research and then writing a business plan. Um, that took me about a month. And then um, just figuring out how I was going to differentiate myself from the competition. You know, what type of experiences was I going to bring into the store that were different from all the other beauty supplies? Um, for example, one of the uh, main um, catalysts for opening the store or starting the store was going to the beauty supply with my grandmother and she, as she was searching for a wig. Um, she's a cancer survivor. She doesn't have much hair. And just the, the lack of empathy that these people showed to us um, was a, a real issue for me. So I wanted to bring that and, and that experience into my store. So in the designing of the space, I wanted, to, I wanted there to be a space specifically where people could try on wigs in a private elevated setting, um, mirror, beverage service, everything. Like we want you to feel like a queen when you're in our store. Um, so just taking all these little anecdotes from my prior experiences and integrating all of it into um, the store was very important for me. And I, it took some time for me to really be thoughtful in creating a space that was an intentional um, that our customers would appreciate and understand. So that took some time. Um, I consulted with a design firm. I consulted with a branding agency um, because I really wanted to get it right. And, and I think we did. I mean, the feedback we get from our customers has just been overwhelming and I'm so appreciative. Um, but it just speaks to, you know, all that time and energy it took just to really creating uh, a beautiful space. It took a while, but I'm really happy about how it turned out. Awesome. So have you found that, has it been hard to like find vendors or you know, to get competitive rates, like when you're trying to get your products and things, because the reason I ask this is, is I've talked to black owned beauty supply owners before. And the biggest thing was really, um, finding, uh, reliable vendors and getting things at an affordable price so that you can, you know, offer it affordably. Uh, sometimes, yeah. um, you don't, we don't have all the connections that some of the other beauty supply owners may have. And so sometimes it's harder for us to get it at that wholesale price. And so we have to pay more and then we have to charge more. Have you ran into like some of those problems at all? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, it was a, there were major challenges in opening the space. And one of the biggest challenges were, were finding um, distributors and opening accounts. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people don't really know that the beauty supply industry, specifically multicultural or ethnic beauty, is run by um, a specific group, and that's Korean Americans. For whatever reason, they really cornered the market. So they um, own the distrib distribution, they own the brands, they own the, just every part of the supply chain. They've pretty much um, created some type of ownership in it. And penetrating through that um, has been a hurdle for me. And a lot of other black beauty supply owners. And um, what, what, what it takes really is just grit and um, finding other ways, being res resourceful, um, just you know, knocking on doors and consistently knocking on doors. I sent, throughout the process, I probably sent 50 emails a day, call, 50 calls a day as well, trying to wow. open up accounts with them. Yeah. Um, and, 
luckily, you know, it, 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 I was able to secure a, a couple of accounts with some of the major, um, the major distributors. Um, and I'm still working on that to this day, trying to get other distributors. But it is hard for uh, people of color, specifically Black women, to get in this industry. They're going to create hurdles for you. They're going to create absurd minimum order requirements. And what that is, is, you know, for instance, there's this one company who shall not be named, but all they do is sell edge control. Um, and so when I, when I was trying to place my initial order with them, they told me their minimum was $5,000. And I'm just like, $5,000 for $5 edge control? Like, that just doesn't make sense. And I know wow. you guys aren't, are you not, you're not charging your account, our counterparts, $5,000 to place an order for edge control. So why are you guys charging us $5,000? You know, so we, we run into those, those issues a lot. And one thing I can say in advice for people listening is just leaning in on your community. Um, and in my, my community is other black beauty supply owners. We talk, we have groups, um, we have a group out here in LA, um, we bounce ideas off of, we come together, we, 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 we order together. Um, and it's just been, a, it's been a beautiful thing that we can rely on each other and we can help each other um, get through these different roadblocks that some of these vendors create for us. Um, so yeah, that's a, it's a major issue that it probably isn't talked about enough. Um, but within our community, within our industry, we know about it. Um, we're trying to create some change. Um, but it's, it's been really, it's been a struggle and it's oftentimes led to some beauty supply owners not being able to make it because they don't have the capital to keep hitting these minimum order requirements or, you know, for some reason, this one particular vendor will not sell an account for the, to them and her, their customers want those products, want, want that brand. Um, so it also takes, uh, educating our customers. You know, sometimes our customers come into our store asking for a specific brand or a specific product that we don't have and we probably will never have. And instead of, you know, just saying, oh, we don't have it, we tell our customers, look, they don't want to sell to us. And oftentimes if we educate our customer about that and we give our customer a, um, uh, another option, they nine times out of 10 go with that other option. Some of the customers are very loyal to certain brands and that's fine and they can find that somewhere else. But um, it comes to a point where you just have to put your foot down. If you don't want to sell to us, um, then fine, we'll find someone else or, you know, we can, we have another product anyway. And you know what? We're going to let our customers know that too. Because at the end of the day, you know, you, you want to be in front of our customers. And if our customers know about your bad behavior, oftentimes they're not going to want to associate with your brand anymore. They're not going to want to purchase your product anymore. So that's kind of what we've been doing. And that's what a lot of the other black beauty supply owners have been doing as well. Great. I'm so glad to hear that there's like a group and you guys come together and even place orders together, you know, like whatever it takes to make sure that more black beauty supplies are thriving. And I think that is definitely, you know, awesome. And I, I have heard, you know, these stories before, and that's why I wanted to talk to you about it. And it's unfortunate, but I think it's also great that you educate the client because just because they may not sell that particular edge control or that particular whatever they're looking for, you may have something that is, you know, either comparable or even better. And mm -hmm. so just being able to offer that education, because that's another thing too, when we go to those beauty supplies, they don't really know how to educate us on anything. So they really can't answer questions 
they really can't, you know, provide feedback or whatever. So, or not, or not even willing. They're more so watching to see if you're going to steal something rather than trying exactly. to exactly. They don't care. Try to offer you some services or some help. So, um, what are some ways that you, your beauty supply, has been able to stand out and really, you know, offering that help and really uh, creating an overall customer experience? Yeah, it's exactly what you said. I mean, we are so different from the traditional beauty supply. When our customers come into our store, they they come and they stay for a long period of time. Think about how when you go into a Sephora, or at least when I go into a Sephora, I love like, you know, just trying on stuff and um, just playing with the different makeups and things like that. It looks different now because of COVID. But just that that feeling you get when you find your foundation, when you find your that 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 new that you've been looking for. That's how our customers feel when they come into our store and they're searching for hair care products for their specific hair care needs. You know, as black women with textured hair, our hair is so different. You know, we have 4A, 4B, 4C, 3C, just it, it runs the gamut. And when you go to the traditional beauty supply, you don't know what you need. You're just pretty much, it's like trial and error. Okay, I tried this product last time I went, it didn't work. Let me try this product. When you come into Beauty Bees, you don't have that experience. When you come into Beauty Bees, you're greeted by people that look like you, for one, people who are knowledgeable. You're entering a beautiful, well-designed space with you in mind. Um, and you're having conversations with our associates, with our team members. I love the fact that the girl, some girls come into our store and they're like, this is my hair, what do I need? Or this is my hair, this is what I'm trying to do, what do I need? And nine times out of 10, whatever we suggest to them, they're buying because they trust us and they know that we know what we're talking about. We, we know the clean brands. We know the black owned brands. We know what works for 4C hair. We know what works for fine hair. We know how to get your, you know, what you need to get those box braids, that box braids look that you're looking for. Um, also in our store, we have uh, TVs that are playing YouTube tutorials, tutorials from your favorite black influencers. Awesome. So sometimes, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. So they're, the customers are coming in, they see something on, on, um, on our TV, on our YouTube, and they're like, oh, I want to try that. Okay, let's try it. Here are all of the products that she's using. This is exactly what you need. And they go home, they have their hairstyle, they tag us in their photos or their videos. And that's, that's what we're trying to create. That's what sets us apart from the traditional beauty supply store. We have a brand. Most beauty supply stores don't have a brand. There's no uh, visuals. There's no aesthetic to their store or anything like that. We have a brand. We have a community. It's called The Hive, where multicultural beauty is celebrated. We are really trying to be that one-stop shop. We have services. We just opened a, a beauty bar, which offers hair braiding services, facials, and waxing. Um, our esthetician is trained specifically in um, on black and brown skin. You know, you can't get that at um, other other beauty retailers. So we really want to be, it sounds cliche, we really want to be that one-stop shop. We're trying to eliminate the, the shopping experience that we've all had in the past with going from one store to the other to find what we're looking for. At our store, you can get your braiding hair, you can get a wig, you can get natural hair care, you can get silk press hair care, you can get your a facial, you can get a Brazilian wax. Oh, and you can also get your hair braided. Um, you know, we want to be that, that beauty destination for uh, Black girls around the world. I love it. I think it's phenomenal. And I think that, you know, 
more uh, Black-owned beauty supplies needs needs to open up, and you know, more businesses need to cater to us and that look like us. And I hope that you know your story will encourage you know other people who maybe have been considering you know opening a beauty supply, but maybe they thought it would be too hard or people wouldn't support that you know they would do so because i would love to see more black owned beauty supplies and i think it's great i love the idea of like that sephora author type atmosphere because while sephora like also has a beauty salon in there but a lot of times they don't have people that can do our hair you know exactly. so they'll have people you know that work beauty salon uh, sometimes they do but it's very limited on if we can get our hair done or not and then they don't have the full collection of our hair care products either. It's like, a, like you said, an aisle or a shelf or something as well. So I love that something is by us for us. And I really, you know, commend you on that. Um, have you thought about uh, opening up other locations in other areas and expanding this thing? What are your um, thoughts and plans for that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we just celebrated our one year anniversary. So with that comes questions about expansion and stuff. And so we're looking into that. We've had um, so many inquiries about franchising. So we're also looking into that. We've had some really um, interested, qualified people who can, who, who, who want to franchise uh, the store. We're looking at that. We want to expand internationally. My dream is to open a, a beauty bees um, in Africa somewhere, um, Nigeria or South, South Africa, something like that. So that's um, in our short-term plans as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think once this pandemic is over, or if it ever is over, once it calms down a bit, um, those will be um, our next steps in figuring out um, where the people want us, really. Great, great. So what has been your biggest lesson that you've learned as an entrepreneur? My biggest lesson would probably, um, it, I think, so let me preface it by saying this. I'm naturally a shy person. Um, so building this brand has really helped me come out of my shell. And I say that to say my biggest lesson has probably been um, the power of networking and building relationships. Um, I would have never thought that um, I'd have this much success based on my relationships. And I say that because, you know, coming out of my shell, talking to people more, telling them about our store, telling them about what I do, um, reaching out to um, just industry professionals, other beauty supply owners and things like that have really helped our business grow and expand um, in ways I would have never thought had I kept my mouth closed and had I not been um, as social as I needed to be. So um, re building relationships is very powerful. It's very important to your business in whatever industry you're in. Um, like I said in the beginning, reaching out to other Black beauty supply owners has helped gain access to other resources. And um, we've really been able to rely on each other, help navigate certain challenges that we faced. Um, and it's just, it's just really been a great asset to, to, to our store and our brand. Um, and also to others, I've helped other beauty supply owners. Um, I've helped others, people who are looking to open a beauty supply, give, give them advice and things like that. So I'd say the biggest lesson is just being, um, being more social, being, being able to network more, being able to build relationships. I'm not being afraid to cold call and cold email because you never know what that call or what that email might get you, get you and how it could help and affect your business. 
Exactly. I would absolutely agree with that. Um, I'm all for the power of networking and everything and connecting. And I feel like together we win as well. So I love Mm -hmm. that, you know, you connect with other people who are in the same industry instead of, you know, being afraid of competition and things of that nature. Yeah. I mean, we all have our different niche, right? So I'm, and we can all eat the beauty supply industry, just black women in general spend so much money on beauty. There's enough room for everyone. There's space at the table for everyone. And I think collaboration over competition um, gets you much further in life in anything, not just business in anything. Absolutely. I would agree with that for sure. So have you been able to open any doors for like any small um, beauty brands? Um, have you, you know, added any of the smaller beauty brands or indie brands or maybe, you know, the the uh, new natural hair care line that, you know, mm-hmm. the starting up and things of that nature? Yes. I, oh my gosh. I love this question. So one of the things I really wanted to do with the store is amplify black owned brands. That has always been my mission since the start of Beauty Bees. And it's crazy because when we first opened those historical brands that we grew up on, I call them heritage brands. Those were the best sellers for the first couple of months. But as we got more of these black owned brands, as we started educating our customers more on these black owned brands, now our black owned section is the best seller, the best selling section of our store. And we have some amazing brands like Neil Organics, Camille Rose, Kinky Curly, Thank God It's Natural, The Do. I mean, I can go on. I love these brands so much. I use them on myself. Um, we even have skin, Black-owned skincare brands like Jax and Bolden, Hyperskin. There's, there's tons of them. Um, and I love these brands so much. They're so much more effective than the other brands we're, we're, used, to, we're used to putting in our hair. They're, they're better. They're cleaner. I know, thank God It's Natural is a really clean, effective, textured hair care brand that I absolutely love for my 4C hair. Um, So that's one of the things that brings me joy about our store is us being able to amplify and elevate these Black-owned brands um, and having our customers come into our store asking, hey, is this Black-owned? If it's not, can you give me the Black-owned version of this? And I I love that we can have those conversations with our customers and they appreciate it too. They appreciate our knowledge of what brands are Black-owned, which brands are clean, which brands are sustainable. Um, so we, we're having those conversations with our customers um, every day. Another initiative that we're launching um, in October this month is our indie brand program. So one of the things I found when opening our store is just we got we get inundated with um, with pitches from from different in, independent hair and skin and beauty brands. And um, unfortunately, you know, there's limited self shelf space, even even online, you would think, oh, you can carry thousands of products. Yeah, but you know, our, our visitors really seeing these products. So um, we've we launched the indie brand program, and it's just giving shelf space and visibility for small lesser known brands, minority owned brands, but again, that are also effective. So um, we're launching that really soon in the next couple of days on actually, it'll be up on our website. Um, and we've gotten so many submissions and we've gotten so many great brands in store for our customers, but it's really creating that access to these brands that wouldn't have had it otherwise. They can't go to a target and, um, get on, you know, get on their, um, shelves with their limited capabilities. 
So um, we're just trying to continue our mission of amplifying uh, our Black-owned brands out there because they're important um, to our community. And um, like I said, they're, they're actually, they actually are really good. They provide solutions. And, um, and yeah, we're, we're really excited about it. I love that. I think that is absolutely phenomenal that you have a program for people, you know, small brands that are just starting up and you're giving them the opportunity to get on the shelves as well. And um, so is that something that they'll be able to go on the website and sign up for? Yes, absolutely. So I don't know if it's live yet, but um, within the next week or two, there will be an application online. It'll probably be at the footer. Um, it's called Indie Brand or Indie Vendor Program. And that's where you can submit your your brand um, to get into Beauty Bees. It's a really short and simple application process. Um, it's really just get to know more about your brand, um, your mission, things like that, your your products and like your ingredients. And, um, and so, yeah, and one thing I love about our store, um, we sample everything nine times out of 10 before we have a brand come into our store, we sample it with our, with our employees, with influencers that we work with, because we really want to make sure what we're offering to our customers is the best of the best. And it, and it works. So if you're claiming that this gel makes your, your 4C curls pop, okay, we're going to try it on our 4C girls and make sure that it actually does make their curls pop. And if it does, great, you know, we'll have you in our store. If it doesn't, we're going to share that feedback with you. And if it's an indie brand program, okay, come back, you know, in six months, three to six months, once, once you've reformulated your, um, your product, and let's try it again. So we definitely want to keep those opportunities coming for them. Um, it's going to be a revolving door of brands. Brands that are successful in the program will probably stay in our store permanently. Um, brands who aren't successful like I said, we'll give you some time to reformulate and, and come back and, and repitch us your brand um, and send us some samples and let us test it out again. So um, it's an ongoing project. And like I said, we're really excited about it. And it's really going to help those smaller brands out there who want to get in stores. But unfortunately, because of, you know, the, the craziness of giant retailers, they're unable to, to get access. We're gonna, we, wanna, we want you to come in front of our customers. Awesome. I think this is phenomenal. So I definitely will make sure I get that link from you and um, yes. add, add it in the show notes for sure. Now, I wanted to ask you, because I know you focus a lot on hair care uh, at the beauty supply, but are you also carrying, um, I know you said skincare as well. Are you going to carry like, you know, makeup, like lipstick and foundations and things of that nature, like the beauty side or what? Yeah. So we do actually have um, some lipsticks and we have some we have a, uh, an extensive beauty collection. It's something that I'm gonna, I wanna focus more on in 2021. I was supposed to focus on it this year. However, when COVID happened and we had to close our store, um, our, our brick and mortar, I noticed that our beauty sales dipped quite a bit. People aren't going outside. They don't need makeup. They don't need lipstick. Um, I think the trend is um, coming back up now with Zoom. People are buying more lipsticks. Um, we have a great, a great um, black-owned uh, beauty brand called AJ Crimson, and he's a celebrity makeup artist. Um, his oh, brand, yeah, I know really AJ. Well. Yeah. yeah, his brand does really well in our store. I love it. Um, so I'm just looking to get um, next year, looking to get some some more really good quality uh, black-owned makeup brands into the store. So it's definitely something we're focusing on for 2021. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Well, Brittany, you are doing so many phenomenal things. And 
I just really hope you're able to do the franchise sooner than later because <laughs> I think this is needed, you know? And I yeah. want to see more of Beauty Bees all over. And I just think it's a phenomenal program um, that, that you've created. And I love, you know, how you've tailored it and made it special specifically for women of color. And I think this is just phenomenal. So Thank it's been absolutely so great having you on a podcast. So I want to ask you the last few questions that I like to ask people that come on. So tell me um, what's either your favorite book or book that you're currently reading right now. Oh, okay. So um, I've been reading it off and on probably for the past like six months. I'm so bad because I'm always switching between books, but it speaks, it goes back to my, um, my thing about networking. It's never eat alone. I forget who it's by. Um, I forget who it's by, but it's a, just a, a book about networking. And the premise of the book is, you know, don't eat lunch alone. Always invite someone, reach out to people, um, you know, friends that you went to college with, maybe friends that you grew up with, um, cold calling, cold emailing, and how to, you know, get through that, 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 um, that secretary to get to the boss and things like that. So I really like this book. It's called Never Eat Alone. And it's just about the power of, um, relationship building and how those relationships can help um, and just all of our business endeavors. Awesome. Awesome. I have to check that one out. I think I've heard of it, but I have not read it. So I have to get that one and add that one to my collection. Yeah, I really like it. I recommend it. Awesome. So how do you define success? Oh, success to me, success equals freedom. So um, for me, it's, freedom in everything, freedom in your finances, freedom in your time, freedom of thought. To me, that's what equals success. I am not a nine to five type of girl. I've never been. Um, my last nine to five job was probably like what six, seven years ago, um, just because I love the freedom of being an entrepreneur. Um, and I feel like even if I'm, you know, even if we're having a rough week, even if, and even when we're having a great week, to me, that equals success. If I can come home um, at any time of the day and spend time with my kids, that's success for me. If we can, you know, pick up and we'll pack up our bags and take a vacation somewhere on the drop of a dime, that's success for me. Um, and so that's just how I view it. It's just me, freedom and just moving around in whatever way I can with my family and I um, is, is successful. Awesome. No wrong answer there. So what's either your uh, favorite tool or app to use in your business? Oh, my favorite tool or app. Um, let me look at my phone. I mean, I, we, our business is on Shopify right now. Oh, I will say this. Yes. Especially during COVID and this quarantine time, everybody's working from home. I, we are glued to Slack. So um, Slack is just this um, platform that allows us to communicate with our, our team. Um, it's kind of like a chat type of function, but you can um, categorize your topics and things like that. So I'm on Slack all day with my, with my team members. Awesome. Awesome. And so what's either your favorite affirmation or motivational quote? Mm, life happens outside of your comfort zone. Again, it speaks to, you know, me coming out of my, my shell and um, not being as reserved or and quiet about my business as I, um, as I can be. And, you know, every time I've stepped out of my comfort zone and took a leap of faith, it's gotten me closer to a goal. It's helped me grow. Um, 
and it's and it's helped my business it's helped my family even just in my personal life so uh so yeah that would be my favorite quote life happens outside of your comfort zone and so my screensaver on my on my um on my phone just as a reminder if i'm ever feeling anxious about something or apprehensive about doing something i look at that quote and it just it keeps me motivated and it keeps me inspired Awesome. I love it. So Brittany, tell everybody how they can find your business and how they can connect with you online. Yeah. So um, we are, our business is based in LA. We're in North Hollywood off of Laurel Canyon, but you can um, look us up at beautybees.com. Our um, e-commerce site is up. It's always available 24 seven. You can follow beautybees on all of our social channels at beautybees store. That's our handle on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, even YouTube at Beauty Bees with a Z store. And then for me personally, if you want to reach out to me, you can email me at hello at beautybees.com. And I'm kind of on Instagram and social, but not really. So my best bet, um, if you want to reach out to me directly, would be to email hello at beautybees.com. And that's how you can reach me. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brittany. It's been really great having you, everybody. Brittany Okike, make sure you check out Brittany of Beauty Bees and follow all of her links will be in the show notes. As always, stay great and we are out. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I want to hear from you. Email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I want to connect with you, so let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.